just I feel the same way with like when people ask me the question of will black people ever stop being killed by police unarmed? And I'm like, if I'm being honest, no. I would love for that to happen. Like, that's my prayer that it happens. I hope like somebody going back and listening to this podcast, like 15 years from now, hell, even 10 years from now, it's like, yo, we've you know, we live in a society that it doesn't matter anymore. But I don't think it's going to happen because how long have we been marching for, you know, equality and justice for black, for black I mean, bodies? I mean, just now became illegal. <laughs> Listen, just now became illegal. It's 2022. So it's like, it's just like, I have hopes for it. I want it to happen, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I definitely agree when it comes to um, all of like the different like levels and um, facets of bigotry. Um, I think we come to a point now where white supremacy has culture by the roots. So you just can never escape it. And society is just forever indebted to it. I do believe that it, as the years go on, it will progressively get better. Because, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I can get married now if I want to, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, there's a shit ton of um, good resources for queer and trans people in New York City. Um, I can, um, if I'm HIV positive, they can help pay for my rent. Um, so there's different um, cool stuff that makes live makes being a queer makes being a trans person or non-binary person easier now than it was 20 30 years ago however we're still nowhere near to it being uh, uh, near nowhere near to it being a utopia where there's no force no like bigotry around or no type of like homophobia racism or anything like that Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Conversations for the Culture. Welcome to Conversations for the Culture. We're back. Um, today is Tuesday, so you're getting this nice Tuesday episode. Like I told y'all on um, Friday, we're gonna start pushing out episodes twice a week, twice a week. So um, this is a follow-up conversation to actually our most popular episode yet, um, called the Black Gay Agenda. Uh, that I had with my friend Damani, um, probably like a month or two ago. That's crazy that we're we're pushing through, y'all. We're we're getting through these episodes, but uh, this is episode twenty-two. We're on twenty-two, twenty-five. How you doing? How you feeling today? I'm feeling good. Just finished typing a paper. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. How was your weekend? Um, what was the weekend out like out there in New York? Uh, so it was like nice. In the uh, I guess during the daytime, like it was like good, like 56, 58 degrees. That's so, not bad. So we were like, 80 uh, on Saturday. 
Oh, I am so jealous. Yeah, we we hit 80. So, you know, I was outside, had me some drinks, had me some mimosas, had me some rum punch, had me some... Oh, that sounds amazing. Yes, 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 yes. Had me an edible, and then I passed out and slept in, in Miss Church. But... Ooh, that's he not the That's not the here or there. But, um, <laughs> all right, so there's so much to talk about. Um... And I wanted to really dive deeper into our last conversation um, because a lot happen has happened since then. So first off, I'm going to play a small clip of Coachella, which happened now uh, two weekends ago. Um, Isaiah Rashad oh, um, yeah. finally broke his silence, I guess you would call it, even though he didn't have to. So I'm going to we're going to update the story just because we talked about it last uh, week. So I'm going to play it right now. Yeah, hell yeah. Hey, Mr. So a clip of Isaiah Hello, Rashad uh, was released and sent the timeline in the fringes. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got more than you know. Growing up in a long way. Ain't trying to be no friends, man. I'm telling you. Hey, work nowadays, bro. It is what it is. Like, if that's what you want, that's what you want. Go, do your thing, bro. Isaiah Rashad, rapper on TDE, recently had a video get leaked with him and two men. Joining the the purpose of doing that was to try to embarrass him. But, however, um, it backfired. When his video leaked, his streams and everything went up. Mm. He's up on the charts now. Niggas be like, oh, Isaiah Rashad, he doing this, he doing that, he doing this. Bro, why is you so worried about what another man is doing? I saw a lot of, oh, I'm never listening to him yeah, again. Yeah, it's like, that's crazy. why? Fuck that guy can do anything. Yeah, I can rap. I'm straight. And maybe he go a different way. So go that way. All right. So there we have it. Um, like I said, as we know, he was outed um, a little while ago, um, probably a month or two ago. He was outed. Um, some videos leaked online. He hasn't really spoken. He's been radio silent. He went dark on social media. Um, how did, what do you think about him just showing back up and starting his set at Coachella in the manner that he did? I think that took a lot of that took a lot of balls. Mm. That took a lot of fucking balls. He could have easily just had performed his set and just flew right under the radar again, but he went and owned it. And that that's a lot that takes a lot of fucking balls. Like half the men that was uh trivializing him don't even have that level of macho-ness that to just embrace it and own it, you know what I'm saying? So I really, really, really commend him for that. I agree. I think it was really dope that he just, he owned it and he didn't allow them to, you know, it was funny because a lot of people were like, Oh, I'm not listening to him anymore. Um, <laughs> they, they went from the same with like, Frank Ocean. you said what? They did the same with Frank Ocean. Yeah. It was just weird. It's like his music was good before you knew he was gay. So why isn't his music not good anymore? No, I think it's because they think that they'll be like considered gay by association, which is <laughs> ridiculous. Wait, gay rubs off in your earlobes now, too. <laughs> Apparently, we just sprinkle <laughs> dust around us and then just continue. So, one thing that I do want to talk about because we talked about it earlier, um, and I just really want to dive deeper into it because it's ha it keeps happening and these conversations should be had. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with. The ex, I guess you can call him rapper. I don't really call him a rapper, but um, Benzino. Um, oh. 
is entrenched in controversy right now. Um, mm -hmm. He was exposed by someone who allegedly he was dealing with. Um, oh, yeah, Shauna Brooks. Yep, Shauna Brooks, uh, who's a trans woman. Um, apparently they had a, they had some type of interaction, some type of relationship. Benzino is out here saying that he is, um, it was for a movie role and all conversations had to do with <laughs> the movie. Apparently he was method acting for this C movie that he was in, um, that no one's ever yeah, heard niggas of. Niggas were just lying instead <laughs> of just like living in their truth, like the method acting. What is he, Johnny Depp now? <laughs> right. So, um. Yeah, so what I want to talk about is outing culture, right? We kind of briefly spoke on it. Um, how do you feel about it, especially when it comes to people like him? You know, we brought up Umar Johnson last time. It's just funny that now somebody who actually fits that category, we can have those conversations because Benzino's always saying like very harmful, violent, dangerous things, calling people trigger warning, anybody who's listening, faggots. Um, I was so I was in the clubhouse room one day, um, and Wack 100 was in this room. Um, Benzino, oh, yeah, Benzino, and then they call this creator by the name of uh, he goes by Ion X. They call this creator, um, baloney smuggler. They called Ion that's a new one, <laughs> yeah, baloney smuggler. I've never heard that one. I was like, oh, okay, that's a good, that's a cool one. That's new. <laughs> that's at least great. you guys are being. At least you're being um innocent. It like white hate cells with these kind of insults. Yeah, they called so they called them um baloney smuggler. They called them um it was just a whole bunch of stuff. They were asking them if you know, have you taken your pills today yet? Alluding that they had but he's like HIV or something. Yeah, yeah, alluding that he had HIV. Um, it was just really disgusting. And Benzino just... He would only know that if he was dabbling within the culture. Hello? Not only that, he they were asking, yeah, they were asking, oh, well, then are you on prep? Then they started asking, uh, are you sniffing poppers? And I'm just like, whoa! <laughs> like, how yeah. do you know all of this? He as... <laughs> was dipping in the culture. I ain't... <laughs> as, a, as a straight, as a quote-unquote straight man. So the first conversation today is, Somebody like that who is harmful, who uses their platform constantly to call people these different derogatory terms, do you feel bad for them, right? Not should they be outed, but do you feel bad for them when they are outed by a member of the community? So I want to do this disclaimer. Um, I have multiple uh, trans women who are uh, very, very close to me, and they uh, explained to me that uh, it shouldn't be seen as outed if uh, a man is with a trans woman because and all trans women are women. However, with this culture uh, and trans women being, I guess, attributed to the um, LGBT community, they're assumed to be part of that whole DL culture. So I just wanted to amplify that and put that out there, that we shouldn't be seen, like making it seem like he's doing something deviant or anything like that. Because that's what the uh, the conversation is kind of like tailored around that he's on the low, he's messing with da -da and all that stuff. He's messing with a woman. Mm -hmm. It may not be what people perceive to be a woman, but she's a woman. She should be respected as such. But um, I just want to put that out there. But if you would one more question to that, not even a pushback, just more understanding. Um, but if he's walking around making derogatory terms and saying chicks with you know the rest 
Yeah. Um, that's still dangerous. That's still that's very, very dangerous. Especially if you're dealing with women, trans women, and then you're saying things like that, it's kind of like you know, it's still contradictory, and I yes, yeah. Um, I still don't believe in the whole outing culture. However, mm-hmm. like I said, with the Dr. Umar situation, what's done in the dark comes to light. Mm. You know, so I don't believe in it, but I can, you know, maybe let it slide. What do you say to men uh, within the community? Because I've heard some say this, like, oh, well, I out. I out, um, you know, DL men because I care about their girlfriends. I care about their they wives. Don't. Um, they don't. <laughs> you said they don't? Most of the girls who out DL men are like stunt queens. They just want, they love the sensationalizedness, the sensation of having the tea. That's literally what it, that's all it boils down to. Because mm. if they really did care, they would have not outed him. Because you never know how that's going to affect him. Um, plenty of men who have been outed have killed themselves. Plenty of them have been outcasted by their family. Baby mothers don't want them to near their kids and everything. And he could be a perfectly good father. And you want to just drop the dime because you're upset he doesn't want to talk to you no more. Or along those lines, you know what I'm saying? Mm. But so yeah. I don't really agree with that. Okay. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I'm another part of this conversation, and it was crazy because, like, I've had somebody like been a part of different conversations this past week. Um, one of my friends, she had a conversation on her um live, the her IG live the other day, um, and it was it was interesting. It was a very interesting conversation. Um, and anybody who listens to the show, anybody who's followed me any times, know that I'm a protector of black women, like regardless. Um, not like you got some, a lot of you who are just like, maybe you're listening. You're like, yeah, protect black women. But then when, you know, a Meg the Stallion situation happens, you're like, oh, well, what about, what if she's mine? Oh, well, she's fake crime. Blase, blase. Yeah. You're not really protecting black women, but that's not here or there. Um, I actually protect black women. So don't get me wrong when I'm going to, um, frame this next question. But do you think a lot of men stay in the quote unquote closet because of and I know it's all you know it all traces back everything traces back to patriarchy and <laughs> traces back to white supremacy. So obviously we're gonna frame this around that. However, do you think that we would have less quote unquote down low men if more women were accepting of men who might say hey I'm bisexual because in the midst of this conversation what I gathered from it from the women who were on the panel or whatever is that they would never date a bisexual man. Right. And the reason why the underlining reason why no lie, can't make this stuff up was the notion of, well, two notions. One, if I'm with a bisexual man, he'll always, I always feel like I got to compete with another man and I can never please him. Like he wants to be pleased. And then the second half of it was their um, assumption that, Gay, bisexual equals HIV, AIDS. So, well, well <laughs> that's so loaded. That's very loaded. Um, so, dang. The assumption, <laughs> it's all just based on homophobia, one. And mm-hmm. two, like, um, dealing with straight men, 
they're going to deal with the same thing dealing with like bisexual men, whether it be like lying, cheating or anything like that. So this, they're not missing out on anything. Black men uh, don't cheat. Okay. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like uh, straight men still um, cheat on them regardless. And they're just being cheated on with women. Straight men um, give black women diseases all the time, whether it be the house in Virginia or it be the freaking gonorrhea and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like all of this stuff, they're just throwing out just to hide their homophobia and just dilute it and make it seem like it's that they're not basing this preference or this bias against bisexual men out of homophobia or biphobia or anything like that. It just boils down to the point that they just have an issue with him liking other niggas. That's literally it. Yeah. We're not, I, I'm not saying that they have to, you know, no. they're bisexual men, but you just have to acknowledge like, okay, there is some type of prejudice or bias um, within your preference and that's it. That's and I think we all have prejudice. I don't care who you are, you somewhere, if we look somewhere, there's some type of prejudice or bias. Not me. No? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I was like, really? Like me, I would never... Uh, how Can I even say this? <laughs> I don't think I would, right? I don't ever see myself being with a white person. Mm -hmm. That's just me. I think that's... I think it's different for okay. when... Um, Black or POC people say they won't date a white person because it's always based in the assumption that they would do something racist or microaggressions and stuff mm. like that. So that's protecting us. I think it would be okay. different if a white person would say that they wouldn't date a black person because what they would say is all the negative stereotypes that mm. comes with uh, with that are perceived through blackness. So like being ghetto, loud, obnoxious, and da 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 da. So I think that's kind of like a false equivalency. Okay, good. Then I'm not prejudiced. I, I, that that makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me happy. But no. However, if you say that you don't date white people because like they're nasty and don't bathe and all that stuff, that's kind of prejudice. Even no, though that's not what I think. Sometimes. I just don't. Um, <laughs> I just don't I'm not gonna say trust them because <laughs> there's a lot of amazing white people. Okay, but there is. Yeah, there's allies. The only ally that I think is acceptable is Fran Drescher. Everyone else can kick rocks. <laughs> we love Fran Drescher, <laughs> the nanny. Cricket, shout out to Fran Drescher. Um, That's mother right there. Listen, she had all the outfits. She had all of the outfits every single episode. Nanny is undefeated. But no, I do agree with you. A lot of... um. So then I heard somebody say this on um, <laughs> on Clubhouse as well. Clubhouse is a cesspool of ignorance, right? Um, this man said that it's not you not agreeing with something or you not quote unquote liking something doesn't equal a phobia. Um, then listen to this false equivalence, right? He says, I'm not, I don't like milk. <laughs> I don't like milk, but that doesn't mean I'm afraid of milk. It just what they do is they like oversimplify arguments so they can like prove some like prolific point, which is annoying because like you're insulting my intelligence as well as yours to yes. think that, that this is an equivalency. Like, come on, like let's think critically. <laughs> like you're really comparing sexual one sexuality to a freaking glass of milk, really? Like I don't understand. 
always our people. Always our people. So moving on a little bit, but we're gonna we're gonna stay in tow with what we're talking about. Um, and we're gonna touch on it a little bit because it goes back to the phobias, right? Because I do believe many of us in the community, in the black community, um when you look at the full scale of things, there are a lot of people who are transphobic, homophobic, all of these things. I think it roots to um hmm, whatever I'll say. It. I think it's rooted in this Christianity. I, all right, I, go ahead. I don't want this conversation to go into the go into this avenue where we frame it to where it seems like black people are more racist than anybody. The only reason why it's kind of seemed that we're more, not racist, more homophobic, transphobic, or anything like that to anybody is because we're a black queer people face most homophobia within the same spaces that they share with black people. That's the only reason why it seems we're getting more getting the brunt of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want this conversation to make it seem that black people are just all black people are homophobic and transphobic and all that stuff. Because when white people hear this conversation, they're going to run with it and they're going to go and say black people are homophobic, da 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 this and the third. And I get that, that. But at the same time, my responsibility is to touch on topics that affect us. Right. So like, yeah, yeah, instance, yeah, like all black men don't disrespect black women. But we still have to have the conversation about protecting black women, about not silencing black women, about not erasing black women, about not beating black women, not, mm-hmm. you know, assaulting black women. Like we still have to have those conversations because there yeah. is a good group of people who do. And it's yeah. the little thing. A lot of it's not even from a a lot of the phobias, I feel like aren't even from a place of necessarily it's not even intentional. It's literally how. Many in the community are raised. Like we're raised you go to church at a young age and hear words like bull dagger, punk, sissy from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. So it's normalized. So now, yeah, I'm not gonna sit here and say, but I agree with you. Like, yeah, obviously it's not all, of course, but it's definitely a conversation to be had. Like we kind of woke up last time the whole, oh, I love you anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, what? Because why would this make you love me less? Exactly. So, I don't know. So, so what we saw with, um, what did you think about the whole Zaya Wade issue? Oh my God, that it really, it, it grinded my gears because it just, it really showed how hypocritical people are. Like, and just like in real time. Because Zaya, she's like 14 years old. 14. She's literally doing what any 14-year-old girl do. They get a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. They kiss and watch Disney Channel. Like, that's literally it. You know what I'm saying? And it's annoying because everybody, now everybody wants to be the perfect parent and say, and state these rules that, oh, my daughter can't date, da-da-da. However, while you was growing up, you was probably doing six things that are worse than what she's doing. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, they're doing this under the guise of like parenting and being a good parent, but all it is is just stemming from like transphobia. They just have an issue with Zyway being a trans girl and the trans boy is being, is a trans boy. That's literally the basis of 
their um, gripe with the situation. Okay, so what would you say to the people who say it's not an issue of me being transphobic? It's not an issue of this, that, and the other. It's an issue of she's 14 and there's predators out here and we shouldn't be putting our kids out like that. Um, you know, this is a private manner. This should be private. I would have told, I would tell them look in the mirror and look at what they was doing at 14. Mm. Like, if you was doing 16 things worse than that, then you don't have a pot to piss in, in my opinion. And two, they're not your kids. That part, they're not your kids. You're in other people's business. Don't Yeah, care. you're in people's <laughs> business that are 16 tax brackets above you. Hello? <laughs> like, get out their business. Because like I said on the podcast last week when I was talking to Portia about it, I was like, y'all don't go to parent-teacher conference. You don't check your kids' homework. You don't go to the school board meetings. You don't know who the principal at the school is. Like all of these things that are You important. barely even want to pick your kids up from freaking soccer practice. You tell them, okay, I'll drop you off. You got to find your way back. If like, we want to be honest, <laughs> a lot of these same people were the same people who were complaining during the pandemic that they got to sit at home with their kids all day. Hello? Wake that up. So it's okay. like... <laughs> so it's like you sitting here and you're talking the about like it all. <laughs> you're sitting here talking about like oh the kids the kids the kids I don't really think they give a f about kids for real they just don't like what they're seeing and then they go back to the whole you guys are forcing it down our throats I would like bring up this like talking point like how um we all seen like the stereotypical boy girl relationship in all of like Disney and Nickelodeon and stuff, but it's like redundant because it's going to just fall on deaf ears. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the same cycle, the same conversation. And then just people are just willfully being ignorant and hypocrites just to uphold their idea of what's right. <sighs> okay. I want to move this conversation to another piece. I sent you um, a link to a video two weeks ago and uh we're gonna play that here in a minute this is from for those of you listening to the show we've been keeping you updated on the bad boys of la anytime oh something God. you know kind of cool happens um we've been following the stories right especially the whole thing with carry on franklin and his um father um so this right here was after a show a couple of weeks ago um what happened was they went to a nightclub in LA or a bowling alley in LA. They were having an event that night. They were partying. One of the guys, one of the white guys on the show, William the Baddest, was doing some dancing, some provocative dancing, whatever. And then one of the straight guys on the show, <laughs> Mula Mo, had an issue because he has he's super overly masculine, has an issue with everything that happens in the house. Um, but he had an issue. He felt that he was offended um, because the way the guy was dancing. Um, so that became a whole thing. Uh, when they got back to the house the very next morning, uh, Milan, who thinks he's like the house leader or the group leader, whatever he thinks he is, Milan went out to talk to two other castmates, Relly, D. Relly, and um, Anthony. Um, and here's what he had to say. You got to be observant of your surroundings. Well, sometimes right. when we go to straight clubs, it's like going into a lion's den and putting all type of steaks and meats on you and you're walking to a whole a whole straight event. And I don't want a person to like stifle their personality or, or their to characteristics make to make somebody else still be respectful. But it's just sometimes you got to like, you know, kind of, for a sake, in a perfect world, I wish we didn't have to 
you know. Well, I guess she learned her lesson. But we're not in a perfect world. People don't like it. They told her ass, so. Well, people don't, straight men don't like gay men shaking their ass on them with a cat suit on. I feel like he could wear whatever he want, but if he was doing what he was doing, that was kind of like, bang, Slow down. If we want straight people to respect us, we have to respect, we have them, to respect too. them too. All right, so as you guys heard, basically from what I gathered from that and um, doing some research, he's kind of always said these type of things, which is very mm -hmm. funny to me. But basically he was saying that he does feel like gay people should act less, less gay um, around straights to make them feel more comfortable. And to me, that felt like the same talking points that we had centered around Will Smith and the Oscars, and it was like, he was at the Oscars. He got to know how to behave himself. Mm -hmm. Like, wait, what? <laughs> what? What does that mean? So what are your thoughts on this? Um, what do you think about this whole respectability politics when it comes to, quote-unquote, acting less gay, whatever that means? I think, I think it's sad. I think we're at the point where um, we should be able to be ourselves regardless of any company we're in and feel safe and all of that. And um, I can understand if like Milan was having a conversation about code switching for your safety, you know, but mm -hmm. this is, he's telling him the quotes code switch in order to make, to assimilate and make everyone else feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I have a real issue with that because what, what does that do? Like he's still gonna call in the F word regardless of him twerking behind closed doors or whether they're in the same um, vicinity. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. And I think it's sad and it sends a uh, bad message to queer youth. So it's, it's pretty mm -hmm. much telling them that you won't have shit, you will never be shit, you know, all that stuff because you ha still have to make the other party, whether it be uh, the straight people, make, make them feel comfortable in the room. Fuck your comfortability. Fuck you. You have to make everyone else feel comfortable. And I, it's very irresponsible. And Milan kind of sees himself as, like, I guess, the queer tribe leader. And I think that's a terrible and irresponsible um, message to point out, put out there. He's the black gay Tupac. We're not doing that today. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very irresponsible. And it's coming from someone who is pushing 40. You should not be yeah. spending, you should not be sending that message out. That is it's, not, it's nothing profound about that. It's quite actually detrimental. And it's literally just boost rooted in respectability politics. That really so I, means nothing in real life. So I had another conversation with somebody about this, and we bumped heads and we bumped heads for a while on the phone. And I had to end up getting off the phone because I was getting irritated, my blood pressure was rising and all of that. But he said that the reason, right? So he's a Milan fan, whatever. Oh, whatever. he has those? <laughs> so he said that the reason why he didn't see that, it, he doesn't see, he doesn't think that we should be having that conversation. We should just be having a conversation around toxic masculinity and white supremacy and all of these things. And it's just Milan. And he was like, but he listened to Milan when Milan said that. And he said, that's just a trauma response. Um, because he's probably had years of Trump. And I understand 
You right? I understand, especially and he's still irresponsible in Chicago, seventy-seven the Hermitage, as he always tells us. But at his big age, almost forty, by this time he should have gone to some type of therapy by now to start unpacking some of that. Because just because you have trauma doesn't mean you can say dangerous things and think that's okay and do dangerous things and think that's okay. Just because I was molested as a uh, uh, as a kid doesn't mean that it's okay for me to go molesting other people. Like, that's not okay. So this whole, it's a trauma response, like, no. Well, maybe Milan don't know that this is a trauma response and this is just normal thinking to him. He's just yes. bad and just have the ignorance just blinding him. That could be it, and which is still, like I said, irresponsible and reckless, regardless if it was intentional or not. Because I think that's something to even to talk about, um, to have that conversation, because with, even within the gay community, there's the whole masculine versus feminine, and if you're feminine, like, you know, you hear people be like, oh, no fems. Like, it's... <laughs> And it's a lot more people who think the way Milan does think. Mm-hmm. And that's the issue. Because whether or not we like Milan, because I don't care for him, he does have somewhat of a platform. Whether or not we like Milan, he does have people who sit there and follow him and retweet him because they think that he's a good-looking guy, blah, blah, blah. Like, people follow this. And then there's young members of the community who follow him. And now they're, they're somebody who they like, they love, they respect all of these things. Like he's saying this thing, he's saying this stuff. And then they're internal, they're going ahead and internalizing that. Mm-hmm. That's problematic. It is. It very much is problematic, irresponsible, annoying, a nuisance, all of those words. So you think this happens because it goes back to wanting to be more palatable. Why that's why just people want to be more so, palatable to straight people? I think it's like whatever um there's always going to be a coon in every type of minority situation. Mm. What I mean by coon is there's always gonna be that one person who tries to appease to the oppressor and that's a trauma response. They think that if they're more palatable, if they're more not seen as like the others, that they'll be, get they'll get a seat at the table or they'll get some type of more respect in a way. There's always going to be that kind of person within any type of marginalizing minority. Like the pygmies. Yeah, there's always going to be the pygmies. Got you. That and makes they'll, sense. They'll that and they'll sense. do anything in their power to derail progress. So they can still be above everyone else, whether it be intentional or not. Listen, the pick me shifts. No, that makes sense. That that, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, so another thing that's happening, it's crazy. All this stuff is just happening, 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 right? Um, Florida. Florida is continuing to continuing to oh my Florida. God. Can we burn that place down? <laughs> It's so crazy. So I didn't know growing up, I didn't know how terrible Florida was because, you know, there's Disney. And then it's like Everywhere in the United States is terrible. (laughs) And then it's like Miami. But like outside of like a couple of places, Florida as a whole is like one of the most racist states. They're like a deep red state. Yes. And it's just crazy. Like 
So the whole don't say like the whole don't say gay bill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's ridiculous if you ask me. Um, but what's even more alarming and disturbing is so many people are supporting supporting it, um, getting behind it. And then a lot of people haven't even done the research to actually like look what it says, right? And that's the problem. People don't like to read or they can't read, but I just think it's a matter of they don't like to read because they read what they want. Um, because I, I got into uh, the title somebody. alone is enough confirmation bias for them to support anything. Yeah. That's, yeah. You see that with like just the shade room and like neighborhood talk posting those big ass titles, knowing exactly what they're doing, framing it, knowing that no one's going to read the actual article or read the actual, like, at least read the post to get more insight. And they're just going to go off of what the um, title says. That's why they have like the most craziest titles. That's true. So just the whole don't say gay thing. Anybody who has any inclination of homophobia or any type of like grasp to homophobia, whether it be slip, small or large, are going to automatically grasp it because they have an issue with gayness in general. So don't say gay is enough for them to champion it. Because what's crazy is just like you can opt out, like, you know, the whole, oh, well, they're teaching, our, they, they keep saying they're teaching our kids how to be gay. And like, no, they're just adding things to the curriculum that should have always been a part of the curriculum. Like, hey, you, this person might be sexually attracted to this person. But on the other hand, there's these people who are sexually attracted to these people. Um, but for them to censor any conversation centered around anything, centered around anything LGBTQ, it's very strange. It's very dangerous because then you have, you have people who, you know, young queer people who are going to school now and being literally being told, Hey, we don't see you. Hey, we don't acknowledge you. Mm -hmm. When at home, many times they're not being seen or acknowledged. So school is a place where maybe forcing them to like forcing the trans kid to like dress and wear the actual, like the clothes that is assigned to their gender, which is, extremely extremely violent towards Mm -hmm. them um then you have things like this right um because a lot of it is in the eyes of there's a lot of gray area when you actually read this document read the laws that's being proposed there's a lot of gray area room for interpretation yes so if there's a student who has two dads or two moms and they start talking about their parents technically Depending on how the teacher feels, the teacher could be like, oh, no, stop. We're not talking about that. That's dangerous. Like, extremely, extremely dangerous, violent, harmful, all of these things. And a lot of the talking points have just been, well, they can, you know, they can learn this from home. They can learn this at home. It's not the school's job. No, because y'all aren't teaching your kids anything at home. My parents wasn't teaching me about sex when I was growing up. It was just don't do it. That's it. Don't do it. You better not be out here. F- I can't use that one. You better not be out here having sex. Um, and that was it. That's not teaching. That's not sex, sex education. And then you have a lot of people who don't know how to navigate their sexual lives, their sexual identities, um, how they have sex, or like how they just navigate things because parents aren't teaching it at home. They're not having those discussions, especially if they think that you might not fit into what it is that they want you to be. They're definitely not having that conversation. 
I think uh, the conversation like sex education is so funny to me because people just assume that they're just going to put a porno on and that's what sex education is. <laughs> and there's so much more into sex education than just like sex and the functions of sex. There's teaching um, school age children their body parts. So just in case they get touched appropriately, they can say where there was touched at. There's um, teaching kids about sexually transmitted diseases so they know they, they can um, get checked regularly. Where can they go and all that stuff? Having conversations about abortions, having conversations about pregnancy and puberty and all of that stuff. All that is sexual education. And p- kids should not be getting sexual education from Netflix shows like Big Mouth, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's annoying because like people's ignorance is blocking them from what needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. I think (laughs) my goodness. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I'm not surprised because Florida is the same place that's, you know, trying to get critical race theory out of the curriculum as well. They don't want that in the curriculum either. So um, yeah, Florida, y'all. It is what it is. Everybody talks about California is going to be out of water, underwater first, but you know, hopefully it's Florida. <laughs> hopefully it's Florida. <laughs> um, man, it's crazy though. It's crazy because we continue to just see these things over and over again. Um, I don't know. It, it makes me. It makes me sad. I, I, and I'm a type of person. Somebody asked me this on stage the other day, and they were like, "Do you ever think that it'll be easier?" Right? Do you ever think that'll be normal? Like, um, for since we talked last night time too, um, thirty three year old I think he is, um, Ger- Gerard Carmichael, um, he came out during his HBO special, um, and um, you know, he was like he was just afraid to come out because of his parents, his family's very religious, all of these things, and it's just like when you think of that, it's like you have to go that long, thirty years. 40, 50 years, some people go through 60 years, some people bring it to their quote-unquote grave, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's not cool. That's not cool. And, like, people literally have to hide in shadows and, like, be, they, like, they can't, like, be authentic. They can't be happy with themselves or with someone. I Like, ugh, it's just a lot. <laughs> and they can't just, live like, and love out loud and that's sad. Right! And somebody asked me, oh, do you think it will ever get better? And just I feel the same way with like when people ask me the question of will black people ever stop being killed by police unarmed? And I'm like, if I'm being honest, no. I would love for that to happen. Like, that's my prayer that it happens. I hope like somebody going back and listening to this podcast like 15 years from now, hell, even 10 years from now, it's like, yo, we've you know, we live in a society that it doesn't matter anymore. But I don't think it's going to happen because how long have we been marching for, you know, equality and justice for black, for black I mean, bodies? lynching just now became illegal. <laughs> Listen, just now became illegal. It's 2022. So it's like, it's just like, I have hopes for it. I want it to happen, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I definitely agree when it comes to um, all of like the different like levels and um, facets of bigotry. Um, I think we come to a point now where white supremacy has culture by the roots. 
So you just can never escape it. And society is just forever indebted to it. I do believe that it, as the years go on, it will progressively get better. Cause mm -hmm. um, I mean, I can get married now if I want to, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, there's a shit ton of um, good resources for queer and trans people in New York City. Um, I can, um, if I'm HIV positive, they can help pay for my rent. Um, so there's different um, cool stuff that makes live makes being a queer, makes being a trans person or non-binary person easier now than it was 20, 30 years ago. However, we're still nowhere near to it being uh, uh, near nowhere near to it being a utopia where there's no force, no like bigotry around or no type of like homophobia, racism or anything like that. I don't think we're ever gonna get to a point like that. Human uh, humanity will be extinct before that. <laughs> but it will I get better that. though. It will get better though. It just won't get perfect. I respect that. And I I, I agree with that because it's definitely better than it was before. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely better than it was. But one thing that I would say to anybody listening, especially if you have children, right, to the parents, um, we have to really get a hold of this because anything, any, you know, anything I care about, I'm always going to care about us, Black people first, right? Mm -hmm. That's any that's my platform, Black people first. <laughs> um, and I just feel like we have to start being safer places right our black the black family needs to be a safer place uh if you look at a lot of young um the young homeless population many of them are part of the lgbtq community because uh-oh sorry are you, still, are you still there yeah i'm here okay um if you look at the yeah so if you look at um the homeless population um, the youth homeless population, a good majority of them are a part of the LGBTQ community, which is really sad. And that goes back to the whole, you know, you can't be like this if you're in my house. You got to get out of my house if you're like this. Um, like, we got to stop kidding. And this goes for more than just that. Like, Black folks, I need y'all to stop kicking your kids out when they get pregnant. Stop kicking your daughters out when they get pregnant. That's the worst thing that can happen is you kick them out um, because many times that's how they end up um, getting into abusive situations. Sometimes that's how they get into sex trafficking. And it's the same thing with your LGBTQ uh, children. Um, that's how they get a lot of times. They become homeless. They wind up in sex trafficking and all of these things. And it's like, we got to do better. Like, we really got to do better in this whole... Oh well, if you this, then you can't stay under my roof. Like we gotta stop this. Am I off by thinking this way? No, no, no. You're not completely. You're not off at all. Yeah, I just need y'all to do better for real, for real. Um, that's your child. Period. And the whole I'm gonna love you regardless. You gotta stop saying that. You love them because they're their child. Because they're your child. Period. That's it. You love them because they're your child. Period. And love doesn't um, love doesn't just ex. I don't believe somebody. If you love somebody, you're not gonna exile them. That's my personal belief. You're not gonna exile them. Mm -hmm. Y'all are gonna work through whatever it is. Y'all gonna work through it. Now you might not like it. You might not However, understand if it. If your if your love is that's, unconditional, 
You said what? My, if your love is unconditional, my sexuality, my gender identity, all of that stuff should not matter to you. Because at the end of the day, you love me for who I am and who I sh- am going to be. That's the point blank. If you put conditions on it, then that means you never really loved me in the first place. And that's just how I feel. That's just how I feel. If something as simple as me liking to suck dick or me either being trans is an issue, then your love had conditions on it. Love Every your love had conditions. It's annoying and it's it's sad, you know. A lot of these people really don't love their kids. They just love what their kids can give them. Oof. They would they love their kids to be the perfect person that they weren't. A lot of people have kids to try to fix their F-ups. A lot of people have kids and then they try to mold their kids to be, well, I didn't accomplish X, Y, and Z. So I have to make sure that my kid marries at this age, has this type of job, has this home. I need my grandkids because I had two kids out of wedlock and I didn't start this job until this time. So that's what I see for a lot of people's kids. And then, I mean, a lot of families, um, and then so the minute their kid tells them that, hey, I think I'm gay, then it becomes, oh, well, this life that I've constructed for you in my head, right, you're not going to achieve that. So now I'm a failure as a pa- I'm a failure as a parent, Your which is a very is selfish, selfish. <laughs> yes. But I've found out that a lot of parents do that. That's how they parent. They don't re- they're re- literally trying to shape their kids to be what they didn't become. Mm-hmm. My legacy. Oof, we really want to talk. Yeah, my legacy. <laughs> like my legacy. We hear people say that all the time, and we applaud it, right? We applaud it, but it's like your. <sighs> it's it, it's it's strange to me. And just a newsflash, y'all. Your kids can. I mean, yeah, those children. That that whole entire thing that you have, or you want to be a grandparent, you want them to have a family. They can still have that. But they'll never have that if you force them to stay in the closet. They'll never have that if you force them to stay in the shadows. You'll never, they'll never have that. They'll be pretending, they'll be playing the game to make you happy. So is that what you really want? Do you want your child to sit here and pretend that they're happy for years until you die? And then now that you're dead, now they can finally be happy and go get married because that happens a lot of times too. People are like, I'm gonna wait till my parents die and then I'm gonna do what I want to do. I just want to great say job. This. You get love a gold it. star in parenting. Say what? <laughs> I just want to say, love your child, regardless of who they are. Unless if they're like a sociopath and like killing people, that's different. But if they're like or striving, they're the baby. yes, if they're striving to be the most best and virtuous person, and the only thing that I guess is untraditional is the fact that they're trans or queer, that should not be anything towards. That should be nothing to you, you know. Um, just love the you love your child unconditionally because if you try to put all these different pressures and standards on what you think that they should be, based off your ideals and uh, virtues and stuff, they're just gonna grow up to resent you. And take this from people who live that life. When queer people are giving you pointers on how on how to uh, parent queer children, it's not them being condescending, snarky, or telling you that you're a bad parent. They're trying to stop the cycle. They're trying to. Um, break the curse and all that stuff. They don't want to see broken families because of white supremacy, but because of homophobia and stuff. Like it's 2022, like we should not be doing this, you know? 
Well, <laughs> we did it again. I know some people are going to be hurt, but that's okay. Um, I want y'all to take that hurt and go heal, right? I want y'all to take that hurt and like figure out how you could be better. Figure out. You show me your. <laughs> figure out how to. Be... I was fixing my charger. <laughs> I just see feet in the camera. I'm, I get paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Um, but yeah, y'all. I want y'all to just um, you know internalize right don't listen to this and then slide in my dms like y'all did last time and be like yeah i don't necessarily agree with this it wasn't for you to agree it was for you to listen and it was for you to understand it was for you to listen understand and internalize it wasn't for you to debate me because you're not at that level to debate me yet. and i don't say that like <laughs> to be arrogant or anything i say that because like we spoke facts. We spoke things that are actually happening. There's literally people being who are members of the community who are being killed just for being a member of that community. There's literally people. My lived experience is an upfront debate. That's just point blank. Like or my lived to play devil's advocate not, with. Yeah, like if you have to play devil advocate with like my lived experience and whatever, you're just trying to grasp anything to justify why you feel a type of way or whatever. So literally just listen to learn, like understand, lean in with love and understanding. Period. There you have it, y'all. So take that for what it's worth. Obviously, um, if you want to join the conversation, you can in the Discord. Uh, just hit the link in the bio on the Convos FTC uh, Instagram page, and you'll find the Discord. But come in there with smoke if you're not ready to get smoke. All right. So just. Tread, tread it's carefully. a lace blunt. <laughs> it's a lace blunt. Where can people find you? Where can people find you? Okay, so you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. My Twitter is S O B E R T H E S underscore sober thoughts. And then my Instagram is O H dot M N O dot. You cut out at the very end. O dot O H dot Mani, right? M A N I. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so. All right, there you go. There you have it. This has been another episode of Combos for the Culture. Um, myself and Portia are going to be back on Friday. Listen, there's. If you thought we brought the smoke last week, this week, um, we're talking about a lot. But the main subject we're going to be talking about is how y'all got to stop supporting men like Tory Lanez and the baby. Like y'all really do, but we're gonna get into that on Friday. I have some spicy takes with that that it's gonna ruffle some feathers, but that's okay. That's okay. But until then, y'all make sure that you continue to have those conversations that are tough, but those conversations that's going to change the world. I'm your host, Michael Butler, and we will be back on Friday. I'll see y'all later.